Welcome to the season finale of the Cup of Mets podcast. Ian Bosniak here, joined alongside by Robert Venegas. As always, if you can't tell already, I can barely talk. I have something wrong with my tooth. So we're ending the season on a good note here. Uh, Rob, how are your teeth? Uh, my teeth so far are good. They're all intact. Uh, all in all, very good weekend, Columbus Day weekend. Um, you know, maybe talk to Billy Epler about that day and he'll put you on the IL for a little bit. Uh, with a with a toothache as or whatever he'd like to call it tooth spasms or something along those lines yeah oh boy yeah we know we got a few things to get into here as we uh, wrap up the season but before we do uh remember to give us a follow on instagram on twitter on youtube and on tiktok we're at couple mets also be sure to rate and subscribe to the pod whether you get it on spotify apple or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and lastly be sure to visit Cupofmets.com for all the latest merch. Just posted a bunch of new uh, fall and winter gear, so be sure to hop on in and uh, get a while it's hot. So as Rob mentioned, Billy Epler could have put me on the IL uh, with uh, uh, 2B Wisdom Tooth Extraction, and um, Billy Epler resigned since the last time we spoke, and not only did he resign, hours later it was revealed that he was under investigation. Um for putting players on the Phantom IL. And it's funny, Rob, we kind of joked about this all throughout the season. It was like, oh, this guy's are Oh, Tommy Hunter's going on the IL with back spasms or Danny Mendick is going to do this. Or there was always kind of something. But I feel like a lot of teams utilize the Phantom IL, even though it's not the right thing. It's almost like they're trying to make an example out of Billy Epler. I mean, you know me, I didn't like Billy Epler, but it's almost like they're trying to make an example out of him. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, crazy, crazy stuff here in Queens, um, you know, right, especially like, you know, hours after David Stearns was introduced, he uh, he resigns and says he, wa- Dave- he wants to give David Stearns a clean slate. And then, you know, a couple of days after that, he's uh, under investigation now, like you said, but the Phantom IL, uh, another interesting topic here, not only with the Mets, but in Major League Baseball, you know, obviously Billy Epler is the one being investigated, but we, I, I personally think teams around the league not all 30 but some teams do the same thing and they're not under investigation for it but you know who am i who am i to judge but of course billy upler and the mets are under investigation now and and uh you know steve cohen's uh reign as mets owner just continues to be awesome so you know there's that so yeah you know we we think that the will pond's leaving and steve cohen coming in and i'm not i'm not critical of steve cohen you know this investigation according to reports is not targeted at him it's more so those within the front office trying to gather information on what billy upler allegedly did um with that said yeah all 30 teams do it right and my initial reaction to the resignation was I was confused because even though, again, as I said, don't love Billy Epler, it was it was rumored that Billy Epler was going to work hand-in-hand hand with David Stearns, right? And then Billy Epler and David Stearns were also discussing a preliminary managerial list. And then all of a sudden, as you mentioned, he says he's going to come out with – he wants Stearns to have a clean slate. So it's just so interesting. And according to some reports, there could be more allegations against him um unsure you know it's not clear right now as what as to like what that could include um i know that we all know that the mets have had a couple front office scandals uh over the last several years so hopefully it's nothing along those lines but uh or to that extent but i think the bigger question that i have and ultimately 
I mean, it does matter, but uh, who do you th- who do you think the whistleblower was? Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, a lot of names to pick from. I mean, I personally think it's Max Scherzer. He left on a on a bad note with Billy, and then kind of was just like, you know, had nothing better to do, and just uh, like you said, is was the blew his whistle, and uh, told the MLB another another uh, interesting kind of like whistleblower would would be, and I love him, but it would be Tomas Nito. Um, the dry eye syndrome just sounds phony. It sounds like it's the phantom eye injury. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I think Tomas was pretty salty when he got demoted to AAA. So who knows, man? It could be. Those are my two uh, whistleblowers. And they never got called back up. Even Michael Perez got a cup of coffee again before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there was a report that a, a trainer could have done it. And the funny thing is, if you think about it, several weeks ago, the Mets did clear the, some members of the front office, and that included... Uh, those in the training staff and the performance enhancing staff. So, I mean, staff. So, you know, you don't know. And then you see Luis Guillorme's father going off on Twitter about uh, what what was he even saying? He was just saying that. Oh, I, don't, I didn't read it fully. Yeah, no, he's another one uh, that had a lot to well, had tweeted one tweet. Um, I don't know the exact words, but I know he said it must be hard to work for an arrogant and and another word, but I forgot maybe arrogant and and selfish boss or something like that. But Maybe who knows? I, I we we kind of jabbed at it in terms like before the show, and I think you thought it was Buck Showalter, uh, or or it could have been Buck Showalter he was talking about, but I, I definitely see it being about Epler opposed to Buck. Maybe maybe Buck was the whistleblower as well in terms of just throwing Billy under the bus, and you know that article with uh, playing Daniel Vogelbach came out days after Buck got relieved, you know, so maybe maybe you know it's just adding to the shitstorm. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. The whole Volgabach debacle. There was uh, reports that Billy Epler was demanding uh, Buck Showalter that Daniel Volgabach remain in the lineup uh, despite his struggles through that whole period, probably to justify his own trade that he made, trading Colin Holderman, who's turned into a great uh, reliever for the Pirates. But yeah. um, again, it, it could have really been anyone. It could have been Buck. It could have you know, been someone else within the front office that was afraid that maybe the entire office would get in trouble. Um, but Max Scherzer is an interesting one. Um, you like that one? I do. I do like that one. I do like that one. Um, again, the, the, the trainer is an interesting one, but I think that there could be a massive amount of individuals who, who it could be um, just to put them some things into contrast here. Um, before we dive a little bit deeper into the whole Daniel Vogelbach, Billy Epler, Buck Showalter fiasco. Um, I don't even know if I want to call it a fiasco. It's just the Mets at this point. Um, do you think that there's a witch hunt going on in the MLB towards Steve Cohen? Because there's been so many things, right? And the report alleged that the investigation was not going to be targeted towards Steve Cohen whatsoever. But another report came out, and this is why we need our own sources, Rob, because this is just <laughs> another report is that the investigation wants to ensure that um, some of some things in Steve Cohen's past in terms of his hedge fund are not bleeding into the current Mets organization. So he's not necessarily under investigation, but it sounds like the organization is under investigation and it's like Billy Epler takes the fall. And I really wonder what the other accusations could be because 
you remember the Atlanta Braves several years ago with those international signing, um, you know, that whole scandal. And then they ended up losing draft picks and they had to forfeit up a ton of money. Um, you know, you just hope that Epler, something that I thought about, could he have spoken to Yamamoto when he went over to Japan? Because it's it seems like uh, from all from all accounts and and again again this is going to be our last episode. issues or something. This, yeah, you never know. This this is going to be our last episode until the beginning of December. So, you know, we won't know until then. But expect Rob and I to go live um, occasionally when big things happen. That's such a side point, but. I wonder if it's something like Yamamoto because of the reports have been coming out that the Mets are expected to be the high bidder and they are the number one suitor for him. And we know that Epler went to go see him along with a bunch of other teams. But again, if the allegations and the accusations are extensive, you wonder if it has to do with something like international scouting or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Definitely. That's a honestly a great point to look at and, Again, who knows what went down in Japan and if he actually did, you know, talk to Yamamoto or or maybe he really just watched his, watch him pitch. But at the end of the day, it's right now it's all on Epler and hopefully Steve Cohen, like the stuff you just said and heard, hopefully Steve Cohen isn't bringing his hedge fund, uh, you know, problems into the Mets because that's the last thing the Mets need. You know, again, we when, when Steve Cohen bought the team, it was all you know, happy go lucky. We're we're lit. You know, he's got all the money in the world. We're gonna win a chip in the next five years. And so far and after year three, it's just been same old Mets drama. Uh a lot of drama regarding, you know, non baseball issues like off the field drama. And you said it best before, this they're looking for now their third or fourth G, fourth GM in the last what, two seasons? Yeah, since since Sandy's second go around. So that's crazy, you know, and again it's just bad. You need for for an organization that wants stability and preaches, you know, long term success. It's, you know, that's not looking great as of now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's been Alderson, then Van Wagnon, then Zach Scott, now Billy Epler. Again, it's been uh, Zach Scott and on since but, uh, Steve Cohen took over. But again, that'll be three GMs, and he's going to be hiring his third manager as well. Um, again, you finally hired your president of baseball operations, so you got what you wanted in that. But, you know, an example here is that, and again, this is just an example, and we men- I mentioned the Tommy Hunter before. You mentioned the Tomas Nito. We mentioned Luis Guillorme and his father. I don't know, but for an example, the Mets placed 25 players on the IL here in 2023, uh, 28 IL transactions in total, which accounted for uh, 1,611 days on the IL. Uh, the Anaheim Angels, I still call them the Anaheim Angels. If you have, have a problem with that, then uh, take it elsewhere. But the Anaheim Angels placed 35 players on the IL for a total of 2,362 days. Um, again, we hear where you, the... Where do you get that stat? I don't know. Um, Los Angeles Angels, by the way. Uh, be, no, no, no. If, any, if anything, they're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But uh, I got it off baseball reference. Baseball reference. Agree with you. Um, thank you. Tomorrow of Anaheim. I continue. Thank you. I mean, listen. When I went, when I went to Anaheim, I saw a game 
at the Anaheim Angel Stadium, and that's how I grew up. So, again, anyone has an issue with it, take it elsewhere. But, again, like the Angels aren't being investigated, and we hear about these eye syndromes. We hear about these back spasms, these neck spasms. We hear about all these different types of slight injuries, right? Um, but, again, nobody else is being investigated aside from Billy Upler and the Mets. And, again, we'll see what the other accusations are. But even though Steve Cohen isn't at the center of the investigation, the fact that they are looking into, you know, ensuring that some things aren't bleeding over into the Mets organization from his hedge fund, that's concerning to me as a Mets fan. Um, But to me, I, you know, you also know that all the other owners hate Steve Cohen and hate the fact that he's just throwing money left and out the window left and right and gets everybody who he wants. Right. So, I mean, and you know that Rob Manfred doesn't love him either. So it's just a interesting scenario. And to be honest, I know Epler resigned. He's under investigation, but I just have a slight feeling that within the coming weeks as the investigation unravels, even though I, I don't think Cohen did anything wrong as of what I know, I have a feeling that Steve Cohen is going to become a point of emphasis because I feel like MLB just wants him. I hope not, because, again, if it comes down to him having to sell the team, that would be terrible. Um, But at the end of the day... I'd uh, shit myself. Yeah, no, but at the end of the day, you know, we'll see what happens and, you know, (laughs) just take this day by day. David Stearns will handle it and, uh, you know, just wishing nothing but the best for the Mets. So as previously mentioned... Reports serviced that Buck Showalter and Billy Epler had friction throughout the season over a guy like Daniel Vogelbach and his playing time. I doubt that's the only thing that they had friction over. There was probably a bunch of things. Um, but it seems like Billy Epler, despite, as I said, you know, I didn't like him. I don't want to go back in time because 2023 was a disaster. But it seems like Billy Epler was at the root of many issues in 2023 even going back to i feel like billy epler's biggest regret when he looks back on his mets tenure is not doing more at the 2022 trade deadline to really beef up the team and overtake the braves and then obviously this offseason he just tried to replicate what he did the previous offseason and it didn't work and he didn't really have a plan and i just feel like something like this Again, I was critical of Buck Showalter, some of his managerial maneuvers, but to see that there was constant friction, most likely constant friction between the two, that's quite a report to come out, you know? Uh, definitely quite a report. And uh, Ian, you, you were the one that, again, when you were kind of shitting on Buck in May and June, you were saying, I think I think Billy Epler is making the lineup and making the decisions, and, and you called it, so I'll give you credit for that. Um, again, Thank I you. hate the thing the biggest thing i hate is when a gm tries to tell a manager how to manage and buck is not the person you try to tell how to manage because again he has a great resume i'm still i'm i'm kind of leaning towards uh the what's it called the i wanted buck back in 2024 side to be honest um because now now seeing what's going on with the organization as a whole and it's just it's just bad news bears and uh again you let Buck manage, maybe, maybe we're we're not again, we're not in first place, but maybe we compete for a wild that third wild card spot. And who knows how the trade deadline, you know, ends up. We don't have to trade everybody. Maybe we made a move or two and things would have been different, but whatever. It is what it is. And you know, now like I don't know, I, I just hope everything turns out like in our favor. <laughs> Which it's hard to see, but it's just sad to see. I mean, you know, he resigned, so it is what it is. Epler's gone. 
and uh, hopefully we have a GM that just lets us lets his manager manage. It's it's humorous that you know just using using Danny Burgers for uh, you know as an example since we spoke about him before. Just think about you. You mentioned potentially the Mets couldn't you know didn't trade everybody off or they made an acquisition or two. Imagine if a guy like Daniel Vogelbach. Until, you know, he did hit a stretch where he uh, boosted his OPS over 700, and I think he wound up with like a 730-something OPS or something. He started hitting a little bit more. But during those days of May and June, and even the beginning of July, you know, forget that, through July, when he was just brutally awful, imagine what, how things could have changed had the Mets trusted Mark Vientos with more ABs called Ronnie Mauricio up earlier, gotten more creative with what they were doing. It just seemed like they just kind of kept on going with the flow. Even the DJ Stewart, they didn't let him get any at-bats. He was up and down. And a guy like Daniel Vogelbach sitting there only at 1.2 mil, you have the richest owner in baseball, and he continues to play. So I hate looking back on 2023, but again, Epler just seems to be at the root of the issues, and it seems like he was just trying to justify some of the deals that he made. No, definitely. I agree with that. He was definitely the root of all evil in 2023. And, you know, again, I don't know, like you you said it best, though, it, he just seemed unprepared going into the off season and and even the season and just like never had a plan. You know, even when we lost the Grom, it was like we had to get Justin Verlander, but we could have allocated for four or five other players, like you said, in, in the beginning of the of, before the season started, you know, and then he starts the year on the IL, like, who, of course, typical Mets, you know. Could have signed Nate Evaldi and Chris Bassett for the same price that you got Justin Verlander at. I hate to I hate to bring that up, but something that you just said before about how you hope that David Stearns brings in a general manager that's going to let the manager do their thing. You know, we don't know how much David Stearns ultimately controls what the manager does, but he has mentioned that he wants to bring in a manager that's going to be able to work with the front office, work with the general manager, and work with the president of baseball ops and Stearns himself. So it does appear like we're going to get an, a similar situation to that. With that said, Stearns obviously is a smarter baseball guy than a guy like Billy Epler, I would assume. So you would have to think maybe lineup construction would be better. Uh, bullpen maneuvers would be better. Um, but He's got a he's got a, he's got a tall task in front of him here, hiring a hiring a GM and a manager, and most likely you want the GM and the manager on the same page. But are they going to hire a manager before a GM? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great question, honestly, because you know again there are a couple of candidates out there that that are uh, GM free agents that fit David Stearns's uh, mantra. <clears throat> but again, no, yeah, you said it best. You want everybody to be on the same page. You want, yeah, and who knows? Maybe the GM, maybe David Stearns is a guy who wants a GM's opinion on a manager. Um, but again, you know, you would like to. I would, I would like to go down the ladder, opposed to getting a manager then a GM. But you know, that's yeah. I would rather just get a GM and then a manager. Yes, to answer your question. Sorry. Yeah, you think that you want everyone on the same page, but ultimately, I think that David Stearns is in control of everything. And um, yep. if he does, let's say, bring in Craig Council, right, he's going to ensure whatever general manager comes in works cohesively with Craig Council or whoever he... Or maybe you get someone from the Brewers. 
Exactly. Exactly. You don't know. And some names that, you know, I'm just thinking of Matt Arnold. Um, oh, there you go, Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. But Matt Arnold did come out along with the Brewers um, ownership that did come out and they did say that they want Craig Council back as manager. Um, I mean, that's completely side topic. Uh, Kim Nige, free agent. I would love Kim Nige. I advocated for her. I want to say when Sandy Olderson got hired. You mean when Brody got hired? Oh, yeah, you're right. She was working for the Dodgers at the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kim Nye's an excellent baseball head, and you can see what she's been building in Miami, obviously culminated in a postseason appearance this year. And then a guy like Chain Bloom, who I think I mentioned it on the podcast last week. Maybe I didn't. I know I tweeted it out. I spoke to two people uh, within the Mets front office, quote-unquote, um, who did say that they were interesting. They were interesting. Oh my, I can't even talk. Look at this. They were interested in bringing in Heim Bloom, Chain Bloom, um, but they didn't specify whether it was in a GM capacity. I doubt it is a GM capacity. I think that it kind of goes back to what David Stern said initially when he just wants to collect as many good baseball, knowledgeable junkies as possible within the front office. And a lot of their... Um, you know, whatever they do on a day-to-day basis can vary and they can all have a certain level of responsibility and they can all work together cohesively to make a solid front office because that's what the Mets need. They need stability, man. All right, Boz. So wild card weekend's over. The Diamondbacks advanced. Milwaukee eliminated. Mets free to speak with counsel. You mentioned that Milwaukee would like to retain him. Matt Arnold, potential GM candidate. But uh, we're we're going in the dugout with this one uh Mets free to speak with Craig Council. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that they need to get him. Uh, I think I think that at the end of the day, whether he remains in Milwaukee, whether he held heads elsewhere or he comes to the Mets, I think that he's going to end up being the highest paid manager in baseball. So Steve Cohen would probably blow anybody out of the water. I think it would come down to Milwaukee and New York. Uh, his familiarity with David Stearns, as well as the opportunity to win. Um would probably really appeal to him but again he is a wisconsin native he is he does live there year-round obviously as the manager but he is from that area so you want you know so there so he is comfortable there you know a name that i brought up and it's been kind of confirmed i mean there's been no interview set or anything along those lines but carlos beltran uh carlos beltran's name has been mentioned again as a candidate you know me i think i said that i would like him as my third choice I would love Carlos Beltran back in the dugout or, I mean, yeah, back in the dugout, he, he played for the Mets, but um, obviously never managed the game, but would love for the Mets to consider Carlos Beltran. I also heard a funny thing. I know we just skipped from, we went from the GM to the manager, but I also heard something interesting today that the Mets may look at Carlos Beltran as potentially somebody who could take a higher level role within the organization. Not necessarily saying that he could replace Billy Epler, but he was the special assistant to Billy Epler. What what would you think about that? Just not to go off the topic too quick. No, I would love it. I mean, he's a great baseball mind. Um, again, he's he has been getting, gaining experience just working in the higher ups with the Mets and also had a job with the Yankees at one point. But, um, you know, he's a guy that knows the game, Hall of Famer, gamer. Um, you know, freaking just a great overall person, uh, you know, and again, 
very tightly knit in the Puerto Rican Spanish community as well. So fits right in, whether it's in the dugout or up in the front office. And again, he just has knows what it takes to win. He's been on perennial powerhouses in 06 with the Mets. And then his, you know, even till his last year with the Astros uh, ending with the world series ring. So again, great, great idea would, would consider it definitely, but uh, I would rather him be in the dugout than up, up watching the games, but that's just my opinion. But yeah, no, I would love that anyways. Yeah, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. I, I think the cool thing would be if Beltran, let's say, was appointed general manager, which would be wild. But then again, look at Chris Young over in Texas, right? He's a general manager over there. So players do take that leap sometimes. Um, and as you said, Beltran has been gaining experience. I think Beltran actually would be an individual who would fit perfectly when it comes to communicating with those in the dugout, right? Because he's very respectable. You said future Hall of Famer. Um one of the greatest center fielders of all time, one of the best switch hitters of all time. Um, his opinion is very, very, very respected. And I think that, again, whether it's the dugout, whether whether it's the front office, I think that he's a big-time asset um, or could, you know, is a big-time asset. Other names that have been mentioned so far, Walt Weiss, former Colorado Rockies manager. Um, Eric Braves coach, too. Yep. The bench coach. Yep. Uh, oh, I didn't even know that he was bench coach. Look at that. Eric Chavez, uh, current Mets bench coach as well. Uh, they may be entertaining him as a potential fit. Um, Alex Cora is staying in Boston. I have heard. Oh, oh, Joe Madden. <laughs> These are just three names where we've heard that interviews most likely will happen. Again, nothing's confirmed. Those are just three names along with Craig Council, so that's four. Um, but Joe Madden said that he wanted to interview for the Mets managerial position. Would you let him, Rob? Uh, nah, I mean, for those that follow us on Instagram, uh, I posted a story when I heard that. I posted the tweet or whatever the, the Instagram post that I saw, reposted it, and then I had I had my thoughts on Joe Madden. I told him to mind his own business. Uh, we don't. I don't really care that he wants to manage the Mets. I don't want him anywhere near the Mets. That's just me, but you know, again, uh, very respected manager in terms with the Rays and, and the Cubs obviously winning the World Series and in that drought. But, you know, I didn't like what he did in L.A. and Anaheim, excuse me. There um, we go. And also, you know, again, I just don't see it as a good fit. To me, I think he's a great baseball mind. I think that he would be a good manager. The issue for me is that we're talking about sustainability now. We finally have a president of baseball operations. We're going to hire a general manager and hopefully David Stearns makes a good decision. Somebody who's not an alcoholic, right? Who's going to get arrested. Somebody who's not tampering with the IL or doing something else, right? But when we're talking about sustainability, I'm not sure if you want to throw it. And again, I'm not being an ageist here or anything like that, but I'm not, uh, but I'm not sure if you want to throw another 60 something year old in the dugout when you want somebody to kind of take you on a trajectory upwards when the Mets have a bunch of young kids, obviously vets work, veteran managers work really well with, um, you know, young players, but you want to be able to develop that manager along with the players. And you have to think that Madden would get what a two, three year deal. You want somebody that's going to be here for five, six years because the Mets have been a revolving door, not only in the front office, but also on the field since Terry Collins left. And it's about time that that kind of stops. So that's why I like the younger managers here. Uh, yeah, of course. And that's a great point to, uh, you know, to kind of rebuttal off that. If they're willing to interview Joe Madden, then why do we fire Buck Walter? 
That's my point exactly. And then Buck wants to interview for the Anaheim job. Have you heard that? I honestly didn't hear that. And honestly, go for it. I hope he gets it. And maybe he could uh, help Mike Trout out over there because the Mets are still getting Otani, whether Epler's there or not. Ooh, hot take, hot take. Very hot take. I, I think it ruins, not ruins their chances, but it definitely hurts them with Epler not being there. But I think Kodai Senga is going to hold it down. So don't worry about it. You know, we'd be all right. There we go. There we go. As we wrap up here, our season finale, Wild, uh, it was just what I felt like a day ago that you and I were recording the night before opening day, before we jetted out to Miami. Obviously, you and I won't be back here on the pod until the hot stove begins in the beginning of December. But let me just ask you over the coming weeks, up until that point when we resume the hot stove, what are you looking forward to the most in terms of just seeing um, not only obviously as a fan, but more so of somebody who's following them on a day-to-day basis and wants to see like, you know, improvement. Nah, well, obviously, you know, just to start, I got a couple things looking forward to. I'm not, I won't be long, but obviously first things first, I want to see how this Billy Upler investigation plays out. Um, and I want to see if Steve Cohen is affected or not. Um, and then obviously one, my one, one, my one B to my one A. Uh, I'd really, I'm really looking forward to who's going to be the next Mets manager. Um, whether it's you know a two to three year deal guy or a guy like Ian said f- for the next five six years, uh, I really want to see who's going to lead us on the field. And then I want to see David. And then I, right after that, I want to see how David Stearns operates in the off season. I'm really looking forward to all three of those things. To me, I agree with you. I want to see how the investigation plays out. I also want to see how Stearns operates. I'm also curious to see if a manager or a general manager gets hired first. I know that there's going to be an extensive process for both. We both admitted that maybe a general manager would have some input. So that's something that I'm curious about seeing. The last thing that I'm curious about seeing is that if by the next time we talk, there's an extension that had been signed by Pete Alonzo or something like that. You know, again, Rob and I, debuted the hot stove season last year with Edwin Diaz already having re-signed with the Mets. So I'm curious to see if any contracts are going to be locked up. Obviously I want to know who the manager will be, the GM will be, but I'm curious to see if the next time we talk, any players will be locked up and we'll have a better idea of the team in general. You know what I mean? Season two has officially come to an end while to say the least Rob, as we sign off here for the last time until December, any final words for the couple Mets faithful? Nah, it's just surreal, crazy how time flies and, you know, we got to enjoy every minute of it, but no, nah, thank you for the support. Um, you know, thank you for following us, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever the hell, wherever the hell it may be. Thank you for those Mets faithful um, who have stuck with this team even though it's been very ugly this year. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll be back in December. We're going to keep this thing rolling and, you know, nothing but good things to end the year and hopefully to start 2024. Yes, sir. A big thank you in store to every one of you who has listened throughout the season. I know it's been difficult to not only keep up with a podcast, but keep up with a podcast for a team that sucked and underachieved. But you guys did it. And thank you so much for following along with us. Be sure to follow us again on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on TikTok. We're at Cup of Mets. Be sure to please subscribe to the pod and rate 
the pod, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And lastly, go get your fall and winter merch, cupmets.com. Pick it up. Again, a big thank you in store to all you guys. We'll see you for the hot stove in December. And for one last time, for Robert Menegas, I'm Ian Bosniak. Have a good one, guys. Good night, and we'll see you in December. Take care.